Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, we continue with excerpts from Indigenous Authors Speak, a group of internationally and locally renowned voices who spoke in support of the Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, or Alianza Indígena Sin Fronteras. The Indigenous Alliance Without Borders is an intertribal advocacy and human rights community organization created in the San Javier district of the Tohono O'odham Nations Territory in 1997 to be the international voice for traditional southern borderlands indigenous peoples and to carry out diverse activities designed to contribute to the promotion, respect, and protection of indigenous rights. In May 2012, Indigenous authors presented their work to a full house at the Unitarian Universalist Church. This is part three of a multi-part series. Up first on 30 Minutes, we continue with Diné author Laura Tohi. Tonight's events that, you know, we are coming together, as like Simon says, as a community. And I want to read this um, poem, which I wrote uh, in 1998, um, at the Northern Arizona University, there was this uh, a moment, event, historic event, in which the treaty that the Navajo people signed with the federal government was brought back to uh, Flagstaff. And um, I was asked to write a poem in commemoration of that. So I'm going to read this. And And Dinetka, which uh, means the people's homeland or the Navajo's homeland. There are some Navajo words in here, and I'll um, translate them as I go along. Within Dinetka, the people's spirit remains strong. These words are from my people, the Diné, who endured colossal hardship and near death and continue to endure. In the people's memory are the stories. This we remember. They say a long time ago, in time immemorial, the stories say we emerge from the umbilical center of this sacred earth into the glittering world, smoothed by twin heroes, sons of white shell woman, who journeyed to find their father and aided by Spider Woman who taught them how not to fear the perilous journey. They say the son, father to the twin heroes, gave them the knowledge to slay the monsters so that the world would be safe. We lived according to the teachings of the holy people to dwell within the sacred mountains, Sisna Jinnah, rising to the east, Tzotzeth, rising to the south, Doko Oslid rising to the west, the Bensa rising to the north. We raised our families, planted our corn, greeted the dawn with our prayers, and followed the path of corn pollen. Every day was a new beginning in beauty, in beauty. The ancestors predicted it would happen, that the wind would shift and bring light-colored men from across the big water, who would shatter our world they would arrive wearing metal coats, riding strange, beautiful animals, would arrive in clothes that brush the earth, carrying crossed sticks to plunge into Dinetka. 
In their zealous urge, they sought cities of gold. Later, we learned they came to take our land, our lives, our spirits. Did they not know we are all created from the same elements? Rain clouds for hair, fingernails formed from beautiful seashells. The rivers flow through our veins, our lifeline. From wind, we came to life. With thunder voices, we speak. We fought back to protect ourselves as we fought with other enemies. The world changed when the light-colored men brought their women. It was then we knew they meant to stay. They invented ways to justify what they wanted, manifest destiny, assimilation, colonization, and most of all, they wanted the land. One day, a man wearing red clothes appeared, Kit Carson sent by Washington. He brought many soldiers. They spoke with thunder sticks that tore into everything that we loved to burn our beautiful peach orchards, to slaughter our sheep in front of us, to starve us out from Dinetka, to do unspeakable things to us, to wrench us from our land. What strange fruit is this that dangles from the trees? We feared for our lives and hid among the rocks and shadows, gathering food and water when we could. What was our crime? We wanted only to live as we had within our sacred mountains, seeking harmony, seeking long life, in beauty, in beauty. Others had their death march, the trail of tears, Auschwitz, the door of no return in the house of slaves. We are Deneh. We too had our death march forced on us. When the long walk began, we witnessed our women murdered and raped, our children and relatives swept away in the rushing currents of the Rio Grande River. We heard explosions that silenced mothers giving birth. We saw the newborn and the elderly left behind. We saw our warriors unable to defend us. And even now, the land we cross still holds the memory of our people's tears, cries, and blood. Kit Carson marched us 300 miles away. In the distance, we saw our sacred mountains becoming smaller and smaller. We were torn from the land that held our birth stems. We were taken to the land that was not us. We were taken to that desolate place without trees or vegetation, where the men picked out undigested corn from animal dung to eat, where young women were raped. We call this place Huelte, this place of starvation, this place of near death, this place of extreme hardship. We returned to our land after four years, our spirits ragged and weary, and vowed that we would never be separated from Dinetka. The earth is our strength. We have grown strong. We are the children of White Shell Woman. We are the people of the original clans she created. We are female warriors and male warriors, Manuelito, Barbancito. We are the code talkers who used our language to help save America. We are Annie Wanika who taught us to have faith in the white man's medicine. We are the sons and daughters of activists and other unsung heroes when Indian men were the finest men there were. We are the hands that create fine turquoise and silver jewelry. We are the women who resisted the relocation when the government came with fences and papers. 
We are teachers, cowboys, lawyers, musicians. We are medicine people, doctors, nurses, college professors. We are artists, soldiers, politicians, architects, farmers. We are sheep herders, engineers, singers, comedians. We are weavers of baskets and exquisite blankets. We are bus drivers, welders, ranchers, dishwashers. We are the people who offer prayers during the cycles of the day. We are Dene. In beauty it was begun. In beauty it continues. In beauty, in beauty, in beauty, in beauty. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Indigenous Author Speak, a presentation to benefit Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, held in May 2012 at the Unitarian Universalist Church. We just heard from Danae author Laura Tohey. Up next on 30 Minutes, renowned writer Simon Ortiz presents Bojan Lewis. Thank you, Laura. The next reader is uh, Bojan Lewis, who is a Navajo. Navajos, I always kind of joke, are everywhere. <laughs> I have uh, eight grandchildren, and seven of them are Navajo. <laughs> and of course, like very prolific people, you know, they are very, very uh, uh, varied in their talents. And in this case, uh, Bojan Lewis is a fiction writer and a poet. His poems have been published in the Kenyan Review, the Platte Valley Review, and Inches de uh, Poesia. And his fiction has been in the Alaska Quarterly Review. Currently, he is a service electrician in the Phoenix area while he is completing a collection of poetry and a collection of short fiction for eventual publication. Recently, he was a resident writer at the McDowell Colony. So please welcome Bojan. Uh, hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm going to read uh, five or six poems, uh, depending on how I feel, or I don't freeze to death under this air conditioning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to start with a baptism and end with a prayer. This is called Baptism for the Dead. Don't take my name to the water, a soul with no body to enter. The dead don't share skin with the living, no conduit between. Don't set me an afterlife. My name is my body. Uh, yeah, I work as an electrician and have worked at that for eight years. Uh, yeah, in Flagstaff, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Alaska. Um, so I'm tired a lot. <laughs> so this is about that. 
This is called Red Dirt. I work to be more than roots rooted in dirt, fed through days of heat and dust, evaporating into a brittle husk, withdrawn and left as only remains. Whether stirred out by force or removed in mechanic iron swoops, I'm simple, passed over and dumped onto a pile of old ground, turned up, open to the air. Bound in earth pack, I release seeds, my blood to be windblown and spread. Straining from new foundation, I reach to hold all else settled, empty of breath. And you know, when you work in the trades in Arizona, you usually work for some racist people. Um, you know, English only kind of, yeah, he knows what I mean. Or she. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, this, so yeah, this is about being an electrician in Phoenix. Uh, it's called electricity. The morning roundups, a current leaking to earth without interruption or fault. Above busted street lights, the sun buzzes to a cuffed line of deportees, the sheriff's imbalanced authority. Any laborer gathered for a tear out agrees the pleasure of opening walls is the view of what's no longer behind. The restrained motion of a body caught within a fence run between language is a union of shock and memory. Thanks. <laughs> Screw you, Arpaio, you know. <laughs> um, and that list could go on, right? Uh, and on and on and on and on. Uh, yeah, this is also about exhaustion. Um, it's called One Zone, it's a triptych. One. It's also my, my way of dealing with anger, depression, and, and guilt. Like, um, some, you know, those emotions are rampant and kind of uh, irrational and uh, um, ineloquent, I guess. So I use form and meter to uh, control that. It's kind of like wiring a house and you land everything to the electrical panel and make it very nice and neat and everything works fine. Nothing burns down, you know. Uh, one, struck cold by morning sun, the decomposed crumble in rows of upturned earth. Failures given to the toiler who keeps earning less than promised. Drought these months, unfed tributaries, nourishment tilled dirt, None of it's right. Work now disappeared. Two, he stick frames nightmares after spring and warmth into a house he'll never own. One mansion, mosaic. Inside, what assaults him is abstracted. Mother serving rusted pennies, 
jagged from reckless use, screams, though the edges aren't real. Only piss relieves sweat. Three, all he does is plan how to move quick, not rush to the place where his people are sent. A moonless, sunless pitch burning fast and heavy dried fields, heat waves blurring memory and trauma of seasons when thirst was a silence kept only to crack. Thanks. This is also about depression and language. No, I'm just kidding. It's about language. <laughs> I thought, you know, since it's a poem, it should be about depression, but it's not. <laughs> I'll put my hand up here. <clears throat> it's called August. Last, my last seconds, a bad holy man kneeled. Don't save all, me only. No end's coming this or next period. I can't break even. Think, us, we all want tickets to a sold out hope. Seems glory has everyone down these days, waiting on slow weather to remind us death is a burst, life and all its shit compromise. I burn cedar as cleanser against ghosts of myself, dead breath of my past, past. Shaking, winds come lightly, sounds of metal sheets, Tongue spoken over my what little is left, doshitaneta, not my people, my noise spoken, lost. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll uh, end with a quick a quick prayer that's in four parts. So one. My system is ruined, with foreign pathogens blooming. I call it more or less, blood, for me, created. Creator, should I name it for you? Two, I don't dream, rest. On this exhausted circuit, I'm in pursuit, better. Forget, keep trying, do simply until done. Three, there's no water, but life's here, the walk, the weaving, sun and moon tread not this ground. And four. Don't recall all events with everyone. If I get another life, complaints will be missing, sound bites for short films. Thanks. That was author Bojan Lewis, one of the many authors who spoke at Indigenous Authors Speak in May 2012. And a benefit for Indigenous Alliance Without Borders. Finally, on 30 Minutes, we hear from renowned writer Simon Ortiz. Thank you, Bojan. One of these days, you will hear Bojan's stories as well. He writes uh, fiction. And someday... They will be published, and he will be reading from them. And since uh, Leslie Marvin Silco was not able to be here, I'm going to take her place. Well, I did that once before. 
in, uh, gosh, it must be 20 some years ago, in Taos, New Mexico, the University of New, uh, New Mexico had a summer writing project, summer writing program, and Leslie Marmon Silco was not able to be there. So they called me up, and I was Leslie Marmon Silco for the day. So I'll be for the evening, well, for a, a poem or so. And then also uh, Ophelia Zepeda, the Tohono O'odham poet who was supposed to be here, uh, did not come. She was uh, going to be here if she could get out of another engagement in California. So I apologize for the fact that she's not here. So I'll be Ophelia Zepeda too, okay? <laughs> I'll read uh, two poems. I should also tell you my biography. Simon J. Ortiz is an Agumeh writer and poet and Regents professor at ASU. He teaches indigenous American literature because it is a voice for liberation and decolonization. His published works include Woven Stone, Out There Somewhere, From Sand Creek, Beyond the Reach of Time and Change, Men on the Moon, After and Before the Lightning, The Good Rainbow Road, and uh, others. He is the father of three children and the grandfather of eight, soon nine, beautiful grandchildren. And it's all true. <laughs> this is a <clears throat> beginning an ending song. Part one, followed by a verse story, and then ending. Yes, your honor, judge. Yes, you honor, judge. Yes, you honor, judge. You honor, you honor, judge. Now I ask you, judge, now I ask you, judge, now I ask you, judge, I ask you now, judge. Where's my land, judge? Where's my land, judge? Where's my land, judge? Where is my land, judge? Where's my life, judge? Where's my life, judge? Where's my life, judge? Where is my life, judge? Where's my land, judge? Where's my life, judge? Where's my land, judge? Where is my life, judge? Where is my life, Judge? Thank you. He couldn't have been more than 15 years old, likely even 14, skinny black teenager, loose sweater. When I got on bus number six at Prince and First Avenue, 
he got on too and took a seat across from me. A kid I didn't notice too much because two older guys, street guys, street pros, reeking with wine, started talking to me. They were going to California, get their welfare checks, then come back to Arizona in time for food stamps. When the bus pulled into Ronstadt Transit Center, the kid was the first to get off the bus right behind me. I started to cross the street to wait for bus number eight when two burly men, one in a neat leather jacket and the other in a sweatshirt, both cool yet stern, smoothly grabbed the kid and backed him against a streetlight pole and quickly cuffed him to the pole. Plastic handcuffs, practiced manner, efficiently done. Alone with another Indian, I watch what's happening. Nobody seemed to notice, so or they don't really want to see. Everything is quiet and normal. Nothing's disturbed. The other Indian and I exchange glances, nod, turn away. Busted boy, busted Indians, busted lives, busted again. I look around for the street guys going to California, but they're already gone, headed for the railroad tracks. I'm new to Tucson, but I'm not a stranger to this scene. Waiting for the bus, I don't look around for plain clothes. I know they're there in this America, waiting there, here, waiting for busted boys, busted Indians, busted lives. Fifty days jail, fifty days jail, fifty days jail. You say, I'll stay and pay, judge. Fifty dollar fine, fifty dollar fine, fifty dollar fine. You say, I'll pay or stay, judge. You say, I'll stay, pay, judge. You say, I'll pay, judge. You say, I'll pay, judge. You say, I'll pay or stay, judge. No, I say, judge. No, I say, judge. No, I say, judge. No way I'll pay or stay, judge. No, I say, judge. No, I say, judge. No, I say, judge. No way I'll stay or pay, judge. Yes, you honor, judge. Yes, you honor, judge. Yes, you honor, judge. You honor, no honor, judge. Yes, your honor, judge. Yes, your honor, judge. 
Yes, your honor, judge. You honor, no honor, judge. You honor, no honor, judge. That was Arizona State University Regents Professor of English and author Simon Ortiz. This has been part three of a multi-part series on 30 Minutes, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. This event was originally recorded in May 2012 and aired in June 2012. Recent episodes can be found on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.